Well, I was about to start and then Ari left. I don't know if this will be in the episode, whether I'm that malicious or not, but welcome back. Uh, welcome back, Ari. You've returned from your long departure. I was trying to find my clown horn. I don't know where I placed it. <laughs> okay. okay. I had it. Because I went yeah, here's I had the... four hours down, and I, the first thing I said was like, hey, bring the clown horn, and I don't know where it is now. Oh, that, that must yeah. suck. Yeah. Here's the thing. You got up the moment I hit record, so I was like about to just end welcome, and then you, and then I just <laughs> see like all that. <laughs> I just leap from my chair. Yeah. Well, we're finding new and clever ways to uh, mix up the intro here. Uh, we're back with another Monday recap. Uh, probably skipped a couple noise. weeks. Yeah, we skipped a couple of weeks, but you know that's what we get for deciding to come back right at the busiest time of the Jewish calendar. Yeah, and that's what we always get for being college students, and that's why we should drop out and do this full time. Make sure you do like and subscribe. Indeed. So, um, busy time for us. Also a busy time for the sports world. I uh, don't know if you heard about this little thing called the National Football League. That's kind of two weeks into its season already. So what we Ooh. thought we'd do for this episode is just sort of go through uh, the, what is it, 60, no, 31 games that have been played so far among 32 different teams. First, recording this before Monday night, uh, week two, Packers-Lions. Sorry if you were looking forward to that, but uh, let's jump right into it. Yeah, so um, where should we start? Because there is a lot. Um, well, yeah, no, where should we start? Because I can bring this up later. Um, I guess let's start with um, something that probably would have had a lot more juice to it week one since every team in both divisions were undefeated, but there are some powerhouses in the West. And if you want to ask what, I know it's only week two, but the Kansas City Chiefs have either a tied or a worse record than every team in the NFC and AFC West. Yeah, so uh, according to Pro Football Reference, they are the fourth team in the AFC West, right behind the Chargers, who have the same record as them, and behind the undefeated Broncos and Raiders. Which, imagine saying that last year, that the Broncos and Raiders will have a better season than the Chiefs. Again, only week two, but hey, this is as good a time as any to overreact. And what I will say is from what we have seen from the Broncos so far, I know they only played the Giants and the Jaguars. But, I mean, the, the Broncos the past few years have been a team that, like, you feel like could show promise, maybe as a dark horse, no pun intended, to make the playoffs. But never really, like, anything actually came to be. This year, I don't know. Something feels different. Maybe it's with, uh, with Teddy Bridgewater as I'm trying to pull up. Uh, his stats. I'll let yeah. Ari talk a little bit more about that. Maybe it's the defense. Yeah, they so held, as yeah, they held the Giants and Jags both to 13 points. I need to stop talking. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> this is what we get for being a little off rhythm, but 
Uh, yeah, as we knew, the Broncos really did have a lot of quarterback. They had a quarterback carousel going on ever since Peyton Manning left. And uh, Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who I really want to succeed, and I, who I also thought didn't really fit in the Panthers' scheme, was excited to see him with the Broncos, with their receiving code, with their line, because it kind of felt like the Panthers, what they had, but with a different scheme. So in, the, in these two games alone, I don't want to jinx what I'm saying, though. I feel like I do that a lot. So if Teddy automatically sucks, you know who to blame. So um, in these past two games, Teddy has a complete – he's 54 for 70 with a 77.1% completion record, uh, rate, 592 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Yeah, all that making for a 120.7 passer rating. Um, I mean, again, I know, like, pro- I think this goes without saying that, like, on the list of perpetually underappreciated quarterbacks, he is at the top. Hopefully, um, by the end of this season, that will no longer be the case. But um, there may or may not be something brewing. Uh, up in the Rocky Mountains. Listen, not to be outdone it. is the rest of the division. All <laughs> of them are showing promise. Even, I mean, the Raiders, like they always, I know they always like have like these surprise wins, the, these strong starts. I think, yeah, was it was the last year they beat the Saints week two. This year they beat the, uh, the Steelers week two and the Ravens in that Monday night thriller week one. Oh, yeah, what a game. Uh, yeah, and the Raiders kind of always do this. I remember it was two years ago they did beat the Steelers, and then they kind of turned to utter dog shit. But they are also they are one of what is it five teams that are still undefeated. I know it's still week two, week two, so it doesn't mean much, but it's impressive. Like Derek Carr, um, he's sixty six point seven percent with a completion record, sixty two of ninety three, eight hundred seventeen yards, fourteen days, one interception. He's playing really good, and rushing game is strong. Defense is good. And this this wasn't this isn't the Raiders that we keep laughing about. Well, not yet until we have to wait a little longer because I know it's still week two. But this this isn't the Raiders that we all like to make fun of. Derek Carr is currently leading the NFL in passing yards. I think if Derek Carr continues to how he's doing, we could see a whole new level of Raiders that we've never seen before. Yeah. Also, in addition, like I know I had. Um... A lot of questions, as I'm sure most people did, about the defense that I mean hasn't really shown up in seasons past. They've they've done it so far. They held the the Ravens uh, just to 27 points, and then the Steelers uh, uh, to 17. Mm-hmm. So I mean, again, I know they're not the Steelers aren't the most prolific, but like the Raider the Raiders defense of old, I do think would have uh, would have given up like 30 40 points. Uh, it's not been that yet, so something's been working there. Uh, yeah. But again, like they still have two matchups against the arguably the best offense in the league, in the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're gonna have to find some answers for for that. But uh, speaking of those Chiefs, them and the Chargers, uh, each one and one, they'll play each other week three. So one of them's gonna be two and one. One of them will be one and two. Uh, I mean, both of them have had uh, a close loss in week two uh, and a a dominant week one showing. Yeah, and it's going to be an interesting game to see. Obviously, um, this is actually the first time Patrick Mahomes lost to Lamar Jackson, and this is also Patrick Mahomes' first loss in September. Nothing really big, but it's interesting to point. But come on, it's the Chargers. They are the the front runners to the choke bowl. 
No, wait. It's so bad the Falcons are the lead runners to the Chalk Bowl, but the Chargers do tend to blow leads. It is going to be a fun game, and this is a great division. And I mean, obviously, you got the rookie of the last year's rookie of the year, Justin Herbert. He's number four in passing yards. This is a fun offense with a defense that hopefully can hold up. I want to talk about that defense for a second because what I feel like so many people are overlooking, and I sort of said the same thing last year. Um, with your Browns and Kevin Stefanski, uh, coming from that Vikings offensive system, like you saw that Vikings offense um, pre, was it 2020? Uh, him bringing that system into Cleveland, and that worked really well. Well, the Chargers' new head coach, um, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Staley, is that his name? Um, that's a great question. Uh, no, who who am I thinking of? Chargers um, head coach Brandon Staley. Yeah. Uh, right, Brandon. Uh, so so sorry about that, but uh, he's coming over from uh, being the Rams' defensive coordinator, and by most metrics last year, the Rams had the best defense in the league. So I mean, when you add on to that, you're getting. Um, former Pro Bowler Derwin James back from injury, missed the 2020 season. Like, this defense could be set up uh, to surprise a lot of people, not to mention Justin Herbert in his second year. Everyone is expecting another step forward um, with enough weapons around him in Eckler and Keenan Allen um, and what have you. So, I mean, this, te- this team, I don't know if they're if they're ready to – Compete with the uh, with the Chiefs in the AFC West, but certainly a front runner for a wild card spot. I think that also is a lot because I really do want this Chiefs team to succeed. I really do. I love a lot of these players. I love what they're doing. The problem is they're so unpredictable. We've seen these in the past when they're just so unpredictable with the leads that they have the game and they choke it. I really want them to do good, but this is a tough division. The AFC is also very tough. It doesn't help that they were in a tough division. But I think t- next week's game really does show the power if the Chargers could run with the big boys, you know? Yeah, it really can. Um, of course, I, re- I really do have to disagree with you, at least this season, as far as the Choke Bowl champions. Um, that, re- that award so far 100% has to go to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, they lost their week one matchup um in in Cincinnati um as there is a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos it will be a home run and so that will make it a four nothing ball game just as it did on 9-11 I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to make that joke again whether that be um talking about the Reds whether that be um my co-host right here who's telling me to cut it out um but I just thought I would no, uh, get that keep out going. there because I don't know if I if I get another chance um but the Vikings did lose uh, to the Bengals uh, week one in overtime uh, after a Dalvin Cook fumble leading to a Bengals game-winning field goal. And then that week two game against the Cardinals, they had the lead most of the game and had a chance to win it with a field goal. Uh, but Vikings, tickers, and field goals. Game-winning field goals. The never gets old. Unless you're a Vikings fan. But, yeah, um, my thing is with the Vikings, I kind of knew 
we kind of know what to expect from them defensively. Because offensively, Kirk isn't the issue as much as people want him to believe. You know, I don't really like Kirk. I'm going to be honest, but he's not the biggest issue with them. Defensive consistency is a bit is a key part of that, and that's a, re- a big reason why they keep having these lead changes. And while Dalvin Cook's fumble doesn't help at all, he is definitely not an issue. I mean, he's number four in rushing yards this year. I know it's only two games also, but in sacks, Daniel Hunter is number two with four with four sacks. Eric Hendricks is number two with 26 tackles. Like this is a decent team, but not all of the pieces are there to fit in yet. And I think that's the biggest issue they have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, of course, people will go to blame Kirk, but like, again, 351 yards uh, in week one, um, 244 yards and three touchdowns in week two, like pass ratings above 100 uh, in both games. I mean, like you, I don't know, you really got to like find again, you can say you can say maybe the front seven um, on the defense are, are pulling their weight, but when you give up 27 and you give up 34. Um, I would probably look to the secondary. Um, I can probably try to put up their numbers in a moment, but the moment's probably gone. Um, But let's go back to the NFC West, uh, because they're also uh, doing pretty well. Uh, Some teams there, Um, the Niners, Rams, and Cardinals are all 2-0. Granted, Cardinals with a little bit of an asterisk because uh, of that, uh, that Vikings game week two. Um, but the only loss in the NFC West has been the Seahawks to the Titans uh, in week two in overtime, 30-33. Yeah, and I'm going to say it right here. This might be one of the best divisions this year. It's the most last year we thought this was going to be the most competitive division. Obviously, things fell apart. I mean, three teams are undefeated. And for me, two of these teams are very shocking. I did not expect the, the 49ers and the Cardinals to be in this position. For me, I, st- I still don't buy the Cardinals hype. I didn't buy it last year at all. I knew it was going to be a fluke. I knew it wasn't going to live up to the hype. I still think Kinsbur- I still think Kyler needs to work out some, some kinks in his system. I still think ha- they need a running game. I still think they don't have a decent enough secondary. I still think they don't know how to work with Isaiah Simmons. And I still don't trust Cliff Clinsbury. For me, the only reason they won is because they, they beat a week one Titans team who didn't know what they were doing, who seemed out of rhythm. And they beat the Minnesota Vikings. Like, I still don't – it's, it's kind of like saying that Broncos deserve to be undefeated because they beat the Jags and the Jets. I'm mean, a Giants. To me, I still feel like they didn't really prove anything yet. I want to see the DC, this team do good. But it's still very shocking to me. I still don't buy into the hype. And for the 49ers, it's the 49ers. They're, they, it's usually neither they do an amazing year, they go to the playoffs, or they get injured. But this is a fun division to watch, and I can't wait for more of these games. Yeah, and what I will say about the NFC West, um, and this is in part because legitimately every team has the pieces um, to go to a Super Bowl. I mean, two teams in the past three years have done in the Rams and Niners. The Seahawks, I think, have made like what it's like 10 of the last 11 playoffs or some crazy number like that. And I mean, even the Cardinals, like you saw last year, those flashes of greatness uh, uh, with Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins, the Hale Murray, the defense looking a lot better. Of course, uh, I mean, Chandler, Chandler Jones, that five sack game in week one. 
Um, and again, like really feel like picking up right where they wanted to leave off uh, in 2020. And in part because of that, and in part because really the NFC doesn't seem to have all that real like clear cut wild card teams there there may not be a better opportunity than this season for an entire division to make the playoffs with the NFC West yeah and i think as of now all teams should make should make it i mean the seahawks only lost in an overtime game they they still had so much chance they it's not as bad as a lot of these other teams that are who barely they they barely escaped with a loss. They could have been undefeated. This entire division could still be undefeated. Nothing against the Seahawks, though. I think this might be the year where we finally see that rule where if a division leader, if there are teams that are better than a division winner with a better record, then they will probably make the playoffs. I hope we get rid of that rule. And I think this might be the season that shows it. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do think, at least in terms of division winner, like if they're under 500, I get it. If they're over 500, then like they're over 500, they still probably deserve to make the playoffs. Um, but I digress. Um, where to would we like to move now? Um, how about we talk about the Carolina Panthers? Obviously, a lot of people were surprised about them. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think you got a lot to say from your facial expressions. Yeah, I don't really know what there like really is to say. I mean, a week one win against the Jets is a week one win against the Jets. And seeing Sam Darnold throw touchdown passes to Robbie Anderson is sure to upset uh, some Jets fans. It just leaves me uh, smiling and laughing at the Jets' incompetence. Um, but when you go into week two against a Saints team that had such a dominant performance against the Packers week one and just shut them down, like, what do you want to say? Like this, if there's a team to overreact to and say, oh, they might actually be going places, then this is it. Yeah, and I've been a big fan of this Panthers team for years, for a little bit, for a while now. I was, I was very sad when Curtis Samuel left. I was very happy when Darnold got in that system because I knew this is the time for him to blossom. I think now we kind of stomp down those things, saying that Darnold's the bad quarterback, and it's the Jets system that keeps screwing it up. But this is a fun Panthers team to watch. They're explosive on offense. Their defense is killer. And I'm just here for the ride, huh? Yeah. I just gotta, I just gotta say, poor Zach Wilson. Like, and I Trevor know Lawrence. Pe- like, we gotta talk about both of them. Yeah, like, of they're, course. They're in the same boat together. I mean, Wilson in 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 particular. I mean, I just feel like the Jags. They just don't have anything. Like, it feels like they're able to, at some capacity, like understand that they have nothing. The Jets just always think they have their one quarterback away from saving their franchise, much like uh, some uh, Midwestern team with the advisor wearing coach that I 
have been frustrated by, but we can save that for later. Um, all I got to say is if any Jets front office people are watching this, first of all, um, I'm honestly not too surprised. Like, I don't know what you're listening to to make the decisions that you make. So I don't know, might as well listen to us. Um, and second of all, you still think Sam Darnold's the problem? You still think you needed to spend that second round pick on Zach Wilson and not Sewell or Jamar Chase or someone that could have helped your offense? No, but quarterbacks for the win, guys. We always need a quarterback to win. It's all about the quarterback. Even though we have pro bowlers and competitive guys, we need them. Like that's that's just what that's just kind of what it feels like recently, you know. That a lot of times it's not the quarterback's fault that they're that they're failing. Is that they have no team around them. Like for Jacksonville, like, yeah, you got the highest quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, and then you have another first overall pick. And what do you do? You draft another running back when you had James Robinson and Carlos Hyde already. Like a lot of times, it feels like GMs really don't know how to build around their teams, and then it's so easy to make the scapegoat the quarterback, like we've seen in. The two some guy from the 2017 NFL draft. Ooh. We shall not name that team. But yeah, I think a lot of the times it's easier to blame the quarterback. And I think rookies, we talk about this a lot. Rookies need time to develop. Look what's happening with Trey Lance right now. He doesn't need to step in games because Garoppolo is managing them fine. There's no reason for Trey Lance to get in yet. Let him sit the bench. Let him get the get him get the get, let him get the playbook down. Let him get his let him get a physical, let him get that emotion that connection with the receivers in the team. And when he's ready, when you think you need him, place him in again. Give him time to sit. If you could let the quarterback sit. It's, it never fails. It almost never fails. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think you see this with um I mean, yeah, you see this with a lot of guys who who get rushed in like way too soon, like you, like you're seeing with Zach Wilson. I don't know, like you, like we were talking about last season um, with Tua, with him sort of supposed to have red shirt shirted the season. He gets put in, and the critics are calling for his head. Um, I mean, I guess now we can sort of transition over to the irony of that of. Uh, Tua in his week two matchup against the Bills uh, suffered a rib injury, if I'm not mistaken. Unsure of how much time he'll miss. Um, but what I will say is for a shutout, Jacoby Brissett did do as well as he could. I mean, there were a lot of uh, deep drives where Flores just decided to go for it on fourth down, and they probably could have settled for a field goal. Um, but turnover on downs. Um, but again, I digress. And again, like hoping for the best for Tua. Honestly, we I think Tua was the most overhated player in this league. Hopefully, he could rest up and get better. Hopefully, it's not too serious. And that's going back to that Dolphins game. Remember, three of their best receivers, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Preston Williams, were out of that game. So Williams was in that game. As was Parker, as was Jalen really Waddle. I, no, Waddle wasn't. No, Waddle was in the game. I thought Parker was hurt. Park, Parker, 
Fuller was hurt. Yeah. But no, I, I watched that game. Parker was in, Preston Williams was in, Jalen Waddle was in, Gusecki, uh, Gaskin. Yeah. Errors and omissions. <laughs> yes. yeah. Okay, I had an injury. Um, I just want to. I just want to embrace my Bills fandom uh, newfound here for a bit and talk yeah, about the other side of that game. Yeah. It's only a matter of time because they put Mitch in. Which I honestly wanted him to – sorry. During that yeah, I would – listen, I would not – you have no complaints from me if for whatever reason Trubisky is in. Again, like barring an injury from Josh Allen. Um, speaking of Josh Allen, though um, – I am a little bit concerned with his production in the first two weeks. Nothing really has been eye-popping from him, aside from, like, a couple of runs. Um, But again, you can say that week one, the Steelers, week two, the Dolphins, they have both been some pretty good defenses and it's not going to get much better with Washington week three, but in those first two weeks, he's thrown for a total of 449 yards, three touchdowns, one interception for pass rating of 77.9. It's not the way you want to start. Again, I'm willing to give him a little bit of leniency because of the defenses that he's faced so far because sort of shaking off the rust. Um, furthest into the playoffs he's ever been um, coming coming off of, of last season that again like if this keeps going and he doesn't show any signs of improvement I will start to worry but give yeah. it give it some time yeah hopefully he doesn't turn to a, like another quarterback who was kind of mediocre before, had one incredible season, almost went to a Super Bowl, and then the next year kind of fell off. Hopefully he doesn't – who was also white and from a college not many people went to – heard of. Who also was drafted um, higher than he was projected. You know what? Never mind. I'll just let you figure out where you went to. Blake, um, Blake Bortles. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, now you see it, right? I'm sorry. I thought I thought you were talking. <laughs> no, I'm not. Oh, I can't God, no. It was going to be too hard, but I think nothing yet. I think because also in the offseason, the Bills had a lot of off-the-field controversy, which obviously it's, it's nothing like – and I think something like this with COVID, obviously. When you have players who are really pro the vaccine and anti the vaccine, you're going to have a lot of tension in the locker room, and that's obviously going to take away from the product in the field. I think that's going to be in a lot of people's heads. I think that's – People are not focused, but maybe I could be completely wrong. But right now, yeah, Josh is just kind of above average. He's not Daniel, at least he's not Daniel Jones, but. And listen. Yeah, I mean, say what you want one... about Cole Beasley off the field. Like, believe me, I will. He is a complete fucking idiot. But on the field, he can catch a football. But um, I think we do have to talk about that. We do have to talk about one really, really bad team. Only because we're talking about the 2018 draft class right now. And um, listen, they made nine mistakes. They made nine mistakes above this guy, and he played for the Falcons recently. 
Did he? I, I honestly Rosen didn't even did. know. That just shows you how irrelevant the Falcons are in my brain right now. I'm just sort of assuming they'll end up with like a, another top 10 pick. Yeah, and for those who don't know, uh, they are 0-2. They have one – They for points four, they rank 29th out of 32 points against their 31st out of 32. Arthur Smith, I will give him credit. He is a newer coach, but this team, man, it just doesn't seem good. Offense doesn't seem to click. Matt, Matt Ryan, he's 69, 69.1% completion rating, which is pretty nice, but for other reasons. 400, 464 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions. And I don't really see anything clicking. When you look at some, when you look at some highlights, even nothing seems to click. The offense doesn't seem to have any momentum. The defense has no momentum. It's just like there's something bothering them. There's nothing that's clicking. There's nothing there. It seems like these. This is the first time these guys are playing football together, and nothing's working for them. Well, Greg, they did also play the the Buccaneers last week, so I get that. But to the Eagles. So basically, they blown out by the Eagles. It's a little concerning. Thankfully for them, they play the Giants football team and Jets back to the next three weeks. So maybe we'll see something else. But right now, Falcons aren't looking good. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, what I will say is the rest of the division isn't going to make it any easier for them. You have the defending champion Bucks, who need no introduction. Offense has just been firing on all cylinders i will say um i'm a little bit concerned the defense does seem like it might be taking a step back from last year um especially that week one performance against the cowboys um although that may have just been more so due to the cowboys offense dak actually like being back on the field um it may, it may have had more to do with that and but again, the uh, I mean, twenty-five to the Falcons. <laughs> Two pick yeah. sixes may cancel that out, though. So I'm, again, I may be overreacting. But, but again, like Bucks, top of the league. Panthers again, like who really knows with them, and also who really knows with the Saints? Because yeah. week one and week two could not have been any more different it's day and night basically yeah i mean week one week one saints packers we had a matchup where we were getting hyped up about a quarterback who was about to start uh another mvp type season and one who has not played in over a year and it certainly looked like it just not in the way you'd think yeah, James looked like the front runner for MVP in week one, and Rogers looked like he was going to retire just to host Jeopardy because that deal was not off the table yet. Obviously, we don't know what the Packers are like because we only seen one game out of the time recording. But I don't really know what to say for the Saints. I mean, they're still without Michael Thomas. Quarterback is still a big blur. They're in cap hell. Like, I think they missed their playoff window. But if you really need to make a push, this has to be the year. If Jam- I keep saying, if Jameis could stop the turnovers as much, he will be a great quarterback. I mean, the last time he played, over 5,000 yards. Led the league, in, led the league in, t- in, in passing yards, but he also led the league in interceptions. Obviously, that's not good. And that Buccaneers team definitely had a better receiver, receiving core than the Saints do. But 
who knows, maybe we'll see something different as long as, I don't know. I, I want to say as long as Brady, but Brady's the GOAT. I think we established that like, when we was after the Super Bowl episode, but this is going to be an interesting division. Maybe not for the best, but it's going to be interesting. And another interesting division, sorry, was the I NFC. Don't know. No, go ahead. Yeah. I'm, I'm generally surprised by the NFC. I thought almost all these teams are going to be 2-0-2 for the most part. Well, maybe because I'm so used to like these past previous years, but Eagles currently sit on top. Then as the name Washington name redacted, then the Cowboys, they're all 1-1, one and, one, and then the Giants obviously are 0-2. Like, I, I didn't expect it to be that good. I mean, a couple of 1-1s one and ones and an 0-2, and especially when one of those wins uh, came from an in-division matchup, isn't all that. But again, I, I do get it. It's still something. And yeah, the NFC East is definitely going to be better than it was last year for so many reasons. The Eagles actually feel like they might have their shit together on at least one side of the ball. Um, Saquon Barkley's coming back for the Giants. Dak Prescott's coming back for the Cowboys. And Washington actually really felt like it was getting its groove um, towards the, the back half of the 2020 season. And they may be able to carry that momentum uh, into this year. So really each of them feels like they have at least some reason to have hope that they can win the division this year. Yeah, I would say all that for the Giants. I think the biggest issue is the Giants' defense is great on paper, but kind of implode on the field. And Daniel Jones is still very consistent with that turnovers. But that's just my thing on it. I think Saquon still needs to find his groove. I hopefully he does. And the football team, like for me, killer defense. But I feel like they're not there yet. I think something's not clicking for them mentally. But right now, all hail the name redacted and all hail Tyler Henneke the GOAT. Dear God. Yeah. I have to talk about Dan Snyder's abomination one more time. Like, that tells you we didn't even talk about what happened at FedEx Field. Oh, my God, we didn't. <laughs> Their home opener. The first time they have fans for who knows how long. Over a year. And there's sewage leaking into the stands. Oh my god, that's terrible. Like, sell the team. Fuck Snyder and fuck Spanos. Can't say that enough. This team is too, this team, the people there are too good for Snyder. Riverboat Ron is too good. Tyler Heineke is too good. Scary Terry is too good. Chase Young, Montez Sweet, Curtis Samuel, they're all too good for him. Sell the team Snyder. Sell it to us even. We would love to have that position. Yeah, no argument here. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, with all that being said, what do you say we wrap up the NFC uh, and talk about the NFC North? We 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 did brush on the Vikings and the Packers a little bit. Um, Lions again, like they got beat pretty bad in the first three quarters by the Niners. Tried to come back in the fourth, but I mean, Lions defense still has a lot of work to do. Yeah, and I'm surprised Shanahan can't blow, couldn't blow, blow a third lead. 
Too bad it wasn't the Super Bowls, but <clears throat> just had to throw that out there. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. since we mentioned the Niners, I actually want to go back and say one more thing. Um, yeah. Just that I haven't is that I was at first very confused as to why they traded up for Trey Lance when they when Garoppolo is like right there. Um, now I sort of I can sort of understand it, not because I feel like Lance is going to be such a significant upgrade over Jimmy G, but because they're just not going to be able to pay Jimmy G and just need another guy on a rookie deal with all the extensions they've been giving Trent Williams, uh, Fred Warner's name a few. They're going to have to pay Nick Bosa at some point. Um, so on that front, I can totally get behind the, uh, the Trey Lance pick. Yeah, it's more of a long-term deal, and that's why I get it, why I respect that. But you heard, the 49ers, you heard why they should trade up? Or tra- why they traded up? Oh, yeah, I did. Um, to stop the Patriots from getting Mac Jones. Funny yeah. how that worked out. Yeah, it's almost like they selected the, ro- the different guy and the Patriots did up getting Mac Jones. I think in Chan- in um in John Lynch's mindset was maybe the Patriots would trade up even more, but that didn't happen. But um, yeah, I think 49ers are playing the long ball, and I I respect that. I love what John Lynch has been doing to this team. Like, I knew a lot of people when he when he first signed as GM. People were like, "Oh, why are you signing this hard hitting safety who probably has brain damage in front of these guys who actually work for the position?" But John Lynch has proven to be an amazing GM, maybe even one of the best in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forgot what, what I was really going to say about the Lions, uh, to be perfectly uh, honest. I want to see Dan Campbell bite some of his kneecaps off. Hopefully Matt LaFleur's. But I think that's kind of over the line. Jared Goff's looking pretty good. I think he finally found rhythm. This Lions team isn't doing as bad as I think, as I think most of us thought they were. And I mean, not be with the Lions. Yeah, no, keep going. I'll. Yeah, they, they might not be a playoff contender this year, but they do have pretty. They could be something in the future. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about the uh, the Lions sort of building that offensive line um, in earlier episodes. Um, think about the Lions, like people just sort of like you can get, but like not really, like fully understand is like they're just the like perpetual reverse of the bears where the bears will always have a good defense and a bad offense the lions will always have one of the best offenses in the league held back by one of the worst defenses in the league and i mean from what we've seen from them for one game uh let's see losing 33 to 41 yeah fits the bill yeah it does really fit the bill and obviously the offense almost came back, which kind of just shows you how underrated Lions offenses have been in the past, which have been held back by offensive line woes, which have been fixed recent in recent years and that defense. <coughs> and um no, you're gonna say something because No, no. No, if you if you wanna continue a point, you wanna bring up something else. No, it's not a point. It's just um just switching to the to the AFC. Well, to the other yeah, well, we have, uh, I mean, I don't know. We have one more team if you want to go over. Oh, yeah, let's go over then. Um, I have a question. I want to actually want to start with um, a sort of good news, bad news for Bears fans. Here's the good news. 
Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery will probably get better this year. Yes. Sean Desai, your new defensive coordinator, might be able to take this defense back to the days of Fangio. Yes. You might have your franchise quarterback if your coaches don't fuck him up. Here's the bad news. That front seven ain't getting any younger. The offensive line, the left, you cut your left tackle, drafted and traded up to draft a new guy in the second round, and he's out for the year. So you have to sign Jason Peters as a backup to your replacement. And Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, and Ted Phillips are all still there. Yeah. Like when you said that Bears have to develop a quarterback, that's how you know it's not going to work out. But yeah, Bears fans, I wish you guys luck. And I know the Bills looking good. I know Browns looking good. So we're good. But for the Bears fans at home, yeah, I'm sorry. All right, we can switch over to the AFC now. Um, so, talk um, a little bit about uh, your Browns, my Bills, actually in similar situations. Uh, tough loss week one, uh, bouncing back, uh, a dominant uh, week two victory. Yeah, and I guess let's talk about the Bills because we did talk a little bit about the AFC East before. Very intense division, and I did say the Jets are going to be decent. I didn't think that all the, they would have all the pieces. They have all the pieces of the chess. You board. said they were going to be a wild card team. I said, that, no, the, the year after they will be the wild card team. Sure. I said they would be good, though. I thought they were going to be above, I thought they were going to be 500 or at least seven, seven and or some seven and nine anymore. What is it like? Seven, eight wins. I thought they were going to be. I did not think they were going to be this bad because this is the kid who has all the chess pieces, but he doesn't want to play chess. This is what it reminds me of. You have the you have a you build your offensive line. You have the offensive weapons. You fit you are fixing that defense. You have the pieces all there. But they keep fucking it up. I really don't know what more they need. And yes, Robert Sala is a new head coach. It's obviously gonna be different. Zach Wilson is a rookie quarterback. But it's just I really don't know. And it feels like every year with Jets fan with the Jets, they always make a splash in free agency. But it always turns out to be the worst pieces they get. And I, I, hopefully we don't see that this year. But it's not looking good. Yeah, especially when you have the other three three teams in division that legitimately all of them uh, could be in the playoffs. <laughs> all of them could end up winning the division. I mean – Yeah, and the, pa- the Patriots do have that chip on their shoulder because they did it because, you know, they didn't make it last year. So they got more to fight for yeah, neither did the I'm Dolphins. I'm still going to hold it up until we can't. So. Yeah. By the way, I want to say something about the Dolphins. Um, their defense has been, like, I know we had some questions about them after they cut uh, Kyle Van Noy. But, I mean, again, like, from what I've seen, from what the stats show, like, their defense has not really slowed down. Um. I say that, and then I actually think of the 35-point beating they took from the Bills. 
Um, so well, I probably spoke a little bit, a little bit um, prematurely. I was more so thinking about their week one game um, where they were, I mean, the prime reason they hung on to that win against the Patriots, uh, forcing a fumble late in the game uh, to eke out the 17-16 victory. Um, and I mean, truthfully, like 35 nothing is bad, but uh, most of the first half, they actually were shutting down the Bills. They only scored on their first two drives. One of them, they started at the 40. So, yeah. again, it's not as bad as it looks. And I, it does, like, now that I, now that I talk it through, actually make me a little bit concerned about that defense, but not as much as I thought I would be uh, two weeks in. Yeah. They're in a much better place, defensively at least, than they were in the offseason. We kind of know what they're going to be now, and they could make a splash. Get it? Because Dolphins? <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm the best, you know? And um, you know what team kind of surprised everyone? The Texans. Yeah. I mean, like, by week one between them and the Jaguars, someone had to win, and we just thought, like, oh, It'd be between two worst teams in the league, but I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you saw the uh, uh, the first first quarter, first half. They were yeah. actually holding their own against the Browns. They were they were a great team. They had rhythm. They knew what they were doing. I got scared a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I thought, I think this team, this Texans team, is very underrated. I think Tyrod Taylor, which that's how he says it's pronounced apparently, not Tyrod, whatever though, is a great quarterback. I knew that for we all knew that for a while. He really fell down the slums because every time he goes to a team, a rookie quarterback somehow always steals a spot. But Tyrod is playing great. The deep, the offense is playing good. They know how to work that rushing game, even though a lot of these guys are a little older. They know what they're doing. Brandon Cooks is looking unstoppable during the most part. Like, this is just a team. The defense, surprisingly, isn't that bad at all. I mean, granted, they played the first week was a rookie quarterback with the Jaguars and then the Browns, but they're not bad. I think this team could be pretty good. I mean, they're 20th for points. They're 20th for points against, and they're ninth for points for. This Texan team is going to be dominant. And I know this might be a really tough division, but I don't know. I think the Texans could make a surprise somewhere. Well, first of all, I just want to say I did not think – I did not have uh, – we may be underestimating the Texans on my 2021 bingo card. But I do have to disagree so far at least that the AFC South is going to be tough because I, I don't see it just yet. I saw a Texans team that, again <coughs> – Looked better than we thought, but the bar was pretty low. So I really, like, I don't know if, like, how far they're really going to go. Chances are not very. Um, The Jaguars, who are still technically the worst team in football. The Indianapolis Colts, who, granted, 
did have a tough first two weeks, but are still 0-2, and their new prize quarterback, Carson Wentz, did suffer uh, some ankle injuries, and we don't know whether he'll be on the field week three or not. Um, but going by his injury history, that can't be good. And really, all that leaves is like winners by default, maybe, would be the Tennessee Titans, who, if you saw any bit of that week one game, looked atrocious. And again, what makes it supposed to make me think that they have any semblance of a defense? Yeah, but I think this Texans team, this Titans team needs to find their rhythm. Obviously, their ten, their defense has always been an issue. and But this offense is only getting stacked. I think once the Colts find the rhythm to do something, then things will change. Jaguars, Urban Miles might be out of the NFL by this year. But the Texans are looking pretty decent. I think this might be a fun division, if not that. And now, the best for last. The Bengals. Uh, the Bengals. The Bengals. You know, there are some teams where, like, at this point in the season, you can so far just, like, you can't really judge them so much as you can judge how their opponents did against them. And that's kind of what I feel like the Bengals are in right now. Um, They did, again, come away with a week one victory against the Vikings. Although, again, the... It was ugly. Yeah, it was ugly, and it was probably a game more so that the Vikings lost than the Bengals won. Yeah. And, I mean, at the same time, like, week two, a very close loss to the Bears. And that was admittedly one that I will say the Bengals probably lost uh, due to three picks from Joe Burrow, uh, the Roquan Smith pick six. Um, But... It's not, I don't know. It felt like sort of like week, like week one, like you might, you, you weren't really sure how the Bengals came up uh, winning that game. I guess now you sort of see um, that, that the Bengals probably should be 0-2. But they'll take 1-1. Yeah. But I think thankfully... Burrow's in, he's so Burrow was able to bounce back. He's looking pretty good. Jamar Chase, obviously week one was better than week two, but he is looking like a solid option for Burrow. It's kind of that comfortable sense. Kind of what the Jaguars tried to do with uh, Trevor Lawrence and uh, Travis Akeen. I'm not, I'm not going to practice that name. I'm not going to try, but Bengals, you do have something to be a little optimistic for. It's not last year. This is something, well, the defense isn't that good. Offense is looking better. Burrow's alive. And just pray. <laughs> That's kind of it. Just pray. And um, Ravens had an incredible game yesterday. Monday Night Football has been so fun these past two weeks. Yeah, that was Sunday you know? Night Football. Monday Night Football hasn't happened sorry, for two Night weeks yet. Fun these past two weeks. The same as those answer both, though. Yeah, I think it may just be the Ravens are a fun team to watch. 
I mean, any I don't I don't know if it's just me. Like anytime, like any quarterback scramble, like that's something I enjoy seeing. That may be why I like Mitch so much. That may be why I like Josh Allen so much. That is definitely why I enjoy watching Lamar Jackson so much. Oh yeah. Listen, I love Lamar since the start. He was one of the only college people I knew because I wasn't into college football. So not him. So I was really surprised when he fell that low. And I love, I hate that he's in the Ravens, but I love how great he is. I'm not taking that away. I just hate that he plays good against my team sometimes. But I love Lamar. I think he's one of the fun quarterbacks. I think he's a great quarterback. Him and Mahomes is such a tagline. In that game to come down to the wire, it was a one-point game. And for it to come like that, incredible. Yeah, to to end the way it did, like to where you can see John Harbaugh on the sideline saying, you want to go for it, and he goes for it and makes it. It's incredible. It's just incredible. It does bring me a smile to my face to see Lamar great. But you know what gives me a bigger smile? Seeing the Steelers lose? Yes. Seeing the Steelers lose. Look, they always have that one loss every year to just the most random team. Last year, they lost uh, two years ago, they lost to the Raiders. Also, last year, they lost to some miserable team, which I don't remember. Oh, two miserable teams, actually. Bungles being one. Football team being another one. Browns to us a few times. But yeah, I just love to see them lose. Um, I don't I keep saying this, it's always on the record. I love the Steelers defense. I don't I think their offensive personnel is just kind of shit. You know, I don't like the I think the receivers are divas. Ben is obviously a pedophile. So uh, uh, I'm sorry, Ravens. And yeah, those two big things, big things you can't ignore. But it was great to see the shit get kicked out. And you know what's even better than that? The fan who shit his pants and had to wash it in the sink in Heinz Field. <laughs> I wish I could have lived my life never thinking about that again, but life isn't perfect. Listen, that just really sums up the Steelers game, you know? So I had to throw it in there for that. But Steelers never change. Never change. All right. Before you move on to the Browns, and trust me, I, I, I know you have a lot to say, but um, I do want to talk about that Steelers defense because I feel like we do forget that it's as good as it is. Like, like what are they? You know, they held the Bills to 16 points. Um. Well, the Raiders to uh, just 26. I mean, we should get in a high-scoring league. Like, when you can do that, uh, it's, a, it's a good showing, and especially um, for at least the first two weeks for T.J. Watt after his massive payday, the week one performance, the strip sack. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he actually was uh, hurt in, uh, in that game against the Raiders. I mean, hopefully everything's okay with him, but – Let's stop forgetting about that Steelers defense. Yes, they are incredible. Uh, don't be surprised if they finish top three this year. They're just an incredible defense, fun to watch, great personnel on that side. Just a great defense, honestly. And now for the Browns. Okay, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. You know, uh, week one, incredible. We were, we were playing to our competition it looked like we had it. Then we blew the lead again, and that really sucked ass. 
but we didn't lose by we didn't lose bad. I can't. Ronnie Harrison checked the coach, which was kind of funny, and we didn't lose that bad. But I feel then we beat the Texans, kind of close game. I think it was a ten point game. My biggest issue is we always seem to blow leads. We, it always seems like we have these games in the bag. We have these incredible offense and defense performances, and then in the final quarter or the last two quarters, we somehow just almost fuck it up. We saw it last year many times, especially that Titans game when we were running like what. 33 or 40 something to, to basically nothing and we almost blew that we almost we blew the lead with the chiefs which is not that surprising chiefs are one of the best offenses in the league but it seems that we always seem to blow something hopefully that it, the offenses looks incredible there's so much happening there hopefully jarvis injury isn't too bad i think it's only going to be a two week to a month thing odell might come back next year which is going to be major but that defense has to step up on paper this defense is great let's see the execution for once Yeah. I mean, I don't know a single person who isn't excited in some capacity for what the Browns can do this season. Um, I will say I did get a little bit sidetracked um, during that rant because while we were recording, Salvador Perez just made history. I know this isn't football, but I feel like I'd miss it on, uh, on any recap later. But he just hit his 46th home run of the season, which is the most by a catcher in MLB history. So let's hats off to go. him. Let's go, Salvador. One of the best catchers of our generation, one of the most underrated. Congratulations to him. Yeah, I feel like that's a good, a good as note as any to end it off on. Yeah, I think it's good. All right. Um, honestly, it is getting kind of late. So, we got places to be. Thank you so much for listening to us and bearing with us. Um, we do this every single Mondays and Fridays, hopefully. Um, Fridays, generally, we want to have like a more of a random sort of discussion episode, um, though we'll probably be using it this week to catch up on all the other stuff we missed. Uh, so, look forward to that. If you have any questions, comments, or something you want us to talk about, you can always leave a comment down below on YouTube or email us at number two fanspodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, we will talk to you then.